Oncology Systems Limited are the leading provider of radiotherapy ancillary equipment in the UK and Ireland. Serving the community for over 22 years, we pride ourselves on exceptional service and quality products. Please take a moment to visit our website, www.osl.uk.com, and take a look at our product line, which include macromedics for patient immobilisation and IBA dosimetry for all your radiotherapy quality assurance needs. We are more than happy to take your questions, so please do get in touch via our website or email inquiry at osl.uk.com and one of our specialist team will be available to assist you. Hello everyone and welcome to Rad Chat, the first therapeutic radiographer oncology-led podcast. So, welcome to podcast number 58. My name's Joe McNamara and I'm joined by fellow host Naaman Jolka Anderson. Hi everyone. A big thank you to our last guest, Dr. Rachel Harris, who talked about her career, research and the importance of the patient voice. If you haven't had a chance yet, please do go and take a listen. So, I'm really pleased to introduce our guest this morning, uh, Mahmoudor Hussan, who will be discussing his role as CEO of Envision. Welcome. Thank you for joining us. Thank you for having me. So, can you start by telling us a little bit about yourself and uh, your career background? Uh, sure. I was born in Bangladesh and then uh, moved to UK when I was like 20. Uh, finished my undergrad in computer science and started working as a software engineer. Um, in 2013, I actually moved to Helsinki and started to work for one of the uh, biggest radiotherapy vendor uh, in the world as a treatment planning systems uh, engineer. And uh, so that's where uh, my treatment planning career or radiation oncology career started uh, and saw some uh, inefficiencies and thought that uh, as a startup, uh, we can uh, solve this problem much better and quicker. So that's uh, how we started Ambition. So for anyone who doesn't know, what is Envision? <laughs> so I went ahead of myself. So uh, Envision is a, um, a, a AI first company or a startup. Um, and uh, the problem that we are trying to solve in oncology uh, is, is based on how fast we can create a clinical decision uh, in support for uh, the therapy and diagnostics or even um, the, the discussions in, in terms of basically it, it we, we are helping clinicians to come up to a, uh, a clinical decision support with a very high quality data and modeling so that's what Envision do in a nutshell So you talked about treatment planning software just to take you back so we have lots of listeners from across the world and sort of general public and patients what is a treatment planning software and how does it work in radiotherapy so as you know uh, the, the external beam radiation therapy prim- oh, primarily external beam um, <clears throat> it's um, a, a linear accelerator shooting um, energies uh, to the target site so it is a very complex process because uh, if in a 3D space uh, the possibilities are infinite so um, the um, uh, it, to target the tumor correctly it needs uh, like a lot of effort a lot of mathematics a lot of modeling a lot of simulation so the treatment planning system is to guide the clinic, uh, clinical team to be able to come to a precise decision um, and then create a plan and then send the instructor to the machine and the machine can sort of then execute but there's lots of other things as you know set up quality assurance and other things 
uh, yeah so that's uh, that's what treatment planning uh, is for radiation so you talked about ai so artificial intelligence um it's quite a scary term i think at the moment because people think it's going to take over the world we're not going to have a job anymore computers will be running everything there's a really good film called artificial intelligence back in the 2000s which I think it comes up a lot in conversations or talks. So what is artificial intelligence? First of all, I just would like to say um, uh, the the Hollywood dramatization of this dystopian world is uh, <laughs> what, uh, you know, what we, we are fed into believing and, you know, going to cinema and enjo- enjoying all this. And I, don't get me wrong, I like those movies as well. <laughs> but the reality is, uh, is much more different. Um, so... Artificial intelligence, just in in a short way, it's it's evolutionary process. But at this moment, um, <clears throat> this artificial intelligence, what you sort of need to know, it's it's a uh, it's a learning based system. What it means is really um, you collectively digitize the knowledge, and that digitizing the knowledge is is fed into an algorithm to memorize it more precisely than a human being can actually do or recall. Um, so, it, so it's just a system, it's, it's a learning-based system, it has a much better memory, um, and, uh, and then just apply the knowledge as the, uh, this, this AI was trained to do. So that's in a nutshell how it is, as if now, but this is a, a, a fast-evolving pace, so the definition might also change uh, in the future. Mamoodal, you've talked a little bit about, um, you know, efficiency, which given the state of the NHS at the moment and how many patients we're seeing come through, you know, sometimes there is a bottleneck um, within the radiotherapy treatment pathway where essentially patients will come for pre-treatment, they'll have their CT scan, and then you will have to wait for planning um, to be able to create the plan and then obviously bring the patient back in for treatment. And a lot of patients don't see what goes on behind the scenes um, in terms of all the treatment planning and things. So you talk a little bit about efficiency. How is our AI actually going to ensure that we can become more efficient? What is it that um, Envision are trying to ensure happens um, for this kind of pathway to become more slick and, and faster for patients? Sure. So uh, the first step is basically, um, let's say, in the, the, the segmentation space in radiotherapy. So it's an essential step, um, but it's mostly semi-automatic uh, or at best manual. Um, so it's just a sheer amount of um, effort and energy is needed to create that 3D model. Um, it's, it's, it's kind of uh, challenging, and that's where the efficiency, uh, uh, and so that's kind of the low-hanging fruit in a sense, basically, that the AI, AI um, is able to uh, do this drawing very, very fast, in seconds. Um, and it can reproduce the same drawing consistently every single time. So it doesn't need any uh, lunch break, no holiday, 24-7, up in the cloud. Uh, so. So that's kind of the primary level of efficiency that's, uh, uh, that, that is kind of taking the low-hanging fruit in, in a sense, just, just a pure uh, level of automation uh, and, and machines are doing that. And the second thing is uh, the workflow. Uh, once uh, this automation comes uh, and 
can be trusted by the clinicians uh, and the reliability is there uh, then I think it comes to the next point of how can what can we reduce uh, from our workflow um, uh, so th there is a reason all this workflow set up in a process to minimize the, the risk for the patient and uh, and then to so I think it's evolving and um, at, at least uh, uh, the first pa uh, patient that was, uh, you know, the first page, uh, prostate patient that was actually um, uh, treated with uh, the help of Envision uh, uh, AI segmentation was treated on the same day. Um, and that was because the clinicians had went through all these workflow processes, they had the trust in the system, auto segmentation applied, uh, the doctor was uh, in the standby, reviewed, uh, and then it was a VMAT, uh, you know, inverse planning anyway, went through the uh, planning phase and uh, I think the patient was seen around like uh, 8 a.m. in the morning and uh, around 2, 3 p.m. Uh, the first uh, dose of radiation was delivered. Um, so uh, it goes hand in hand basically. Uh, first we need to implement this algorithm, we need to be able to trust them. And then the second phase is basically you need to look into how we can optimize the workflow. So that's that's what efficiency means for us. I think, firstly, that sounds incredible to be able to treat someone on the day of their pre-treatment appointment. Obviously, we have delays, problems with patients not being ready for treatment due to healing, etc. But to be able to do it in a day, obviously, for the NHS, that would be great. And we have a huge cancer backlog at the moment. I think my only slight concern, I suppose, would be about safety. So that's quite quick. We always tell our patients it takes two weeks because of the processes, not just because we are very busy, but you have two or three different people checking the plan, the treatment planning software takes its time etc who regulates ai because surely ai is what everything starts off with as a treatment planning software so i suppose safety element could you tell us a bit more about that absolutely it is a very very uh, important and serious topic and envision takes this uh, quite seriously so in radiation oncology, most of the processes are uh, standardized, whether it's your um, planning, the prescription, um, the, or, or the, uh, you know, uh, uh, the, 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 the tolerance limits. Um, what is not standardized is segmentation. That's where most of the, um, uh, the, the inefficiencies or safety risk actually comes from. So then the question is, how can we address that? Uh, so we at Envision actually thought about it very deeply. So there are three elements of standardizing um, uh, segmentation. Uh, one is um, the, the, the training part. Um, okay, first of all, how are we going to standardize? We believe that a guideline-based segmentation approach is the correct way to standardize uh, segmentation. And, uh, and how do you implement that guideline-based segmentation system in, in, in a clinic? Three elements. Um, training and competence measurement, meaning that the clinicians uh, has a know-how, deep know-how about the uh, these guidelines, and uh, uh, they are competent to actually review a automated um, uh, generated contours. Second thing is of course the models itself. Um, with Envision, we train the models uh, where we generate. As I said, this is a learning-based system. So the training data is very, very important and we do a multi-stages review process to make sure um, that we have the correct learning, uh, learned data so the model can learn and the learned data is strictly, strictly follows the guidelines. So that's the automation part. And the last step is basically 
where you do a peer review and a quality assurance process, meaning on a retrospective basis when the patients uh, were treated or uh, how the future patient will be treated, there is a process there to also do a peer review plus quality assurance. So if you can implement these three steps, uh, so the last piece of standardization in radiotherapy is done, and then I think uh, that would build a, a resilient uh, workflow system that we would be, you know, we would be able to trust more, and hence we can reduce the workflow. Can you ever foresee a time where you'll be able to plan, and then essentially it could be checked by someone who's less senior? You know, would an oncologist then have to come in at that point? Um, it'd just be interesting to see whether or not actually the more robust the system gets, the more we're able to trust that the equipment is doing as it as it should do. Do you envisage that even those checking processes will reduce in time? Well, I at this point, I think uh, we, we should rather uh, have a system of a real-time peer review rather than saying that this is what the machine produced have one review and apply. Um, at least uh, more than one review would be ideal. Um, and sometimes even for more complex cases, it should be even more. So that's why we're building a, a cloud-based systems where this kind of review can happen almost real time. Um, so right now it's a, it's a technology availability issue because the only way you can go and review is like either you go into the treatment planning room or you go to the actually treatment room uh, where you have to access the treatment planning system. So, so that conversation needs to change, um, uh, uh, meaning um, that, that I, I think our, as a consumer, as a uh, 21st century consumer, our behaviors change. Like, uh, uh, I mean, we fast using something like uh, Google Doc and online collaborative approach. Uh, why can't we do that in value therapy? Once we can implement a similar approach, uh, uh, then we don't have to have this conversation whether we need to reduce uh, people in the process, but it more sort of if can we bring the process to the people, and we can still continue the, uh, the review. So that's that's the approach we believe in. How have people kind of taken segmentation or AI? So I'm just thinking of people who've maybe been working 30, 40 years, maybe back to the treatment planning days when they used to draw a treatment plan, and now. I think Joe's putting a hand up. That's what she used to do back in the day. Um, yeah, how, how are they embracing, or you know, what are the barriers, I suppose, to implementing AI? Um, so it, it is growing quite fast. Uh, I think we started uh, our clinical um, uh, the models uh, got the CE mark in twenty nineteen, and so it's like just just about uh, just uh, over three years. Well, we. we Within this short period of time, we are operating in 14 different countries and process roughly around five to 6,000 patients per month. And we're expecting this to uh, cross 100,000 by end of this year. So uh, the growth has been phenomenal. Um, uh, that's because of the lack of resources and you know all the, all the uh, things that we are going through. So, um, um, so yeah, I, I mean, the way it's going is basically uh, uh, that that um, <coughs> how do I say it? Uh, it? It is growing fast, but the, the the I would say the adoption has some other challenges. Like uh, uh, this is a new kind of business model. We are cloud based. Uh, 
um, uh, funding is an issue. So those are kind of the primary uh, issues uh, having sort of uh, you know, allocated budget for this. That's the first thing. And um, the, the second thing is, um, <coughs> as you said, um, minority uh, uh, people still kind of believe in doing it manually, having that control over um, uh, it's, it's sort of something what they are used to it. So change of behavior sometimes would take time. Uh, but the good thing is the, the younger generation uh, able to adopt these changes much faster uh, than somebody like uh, on my age. <laughs> uh, it's, it's uh, sometimes can be uh, could be difficult, but uh, within time, I think uh, this sort of adoption uh, would go. Um, so yeah, those are the two major challenges. I think that was a leading question there, Naaman. Do you get, do you face barriers? Is it the older people that are <laughs> stopping it from happening? I will pull you up on that. <laughs> not at all, not at all. Uh, but I am twenty years younger. Than you. <laughs> he loves to remind us of that. Moment. <laughs> <You know? laughs> yeah, I'm and sorry. He, I mean, I I don't want to say that I'm kind of like ageist or something like that, um, because I think uh, <laughs> the experience of uh, like somebody like our generation. I'm I'm close to forty years old. So um, the uh, so the experience, uh, uh, it's a combination of based on like uh, the experience uh, and wisdom uh, that is can be, uh, you know, applied. Um, uh, but sometimes that can be a little bit of a help. But so far we haven't seen that it's, it's not a, a, a big, big challenge um, because radiation oncology as a field is, is very uh, innovative in a sense of, uh, that it, it, you know, the, the challenge for learning is every day. Um, uh, so it's, it's very, very minority, uh, I, I would say, uh, but, but the trend is basically the behavior is slowly, slowly changing. I think it's the future really, isn't it? I mean, I have a half brother and sister who are 13 and 12. They can code and they're great at it, but that, that is the future. Things will be more efficient, like sped up and AI is obviously crossing into diagnostic radiography as well. So it's definitely the future. Can I ask, um, what what's the dream for Envision? Do you envisage that maybe in the future you'll be in every radiotherapy department over the world? Oh yeah, I mean, we believe this this um, the, the systems that we are developing is essential uh, for um, uh, getting the access to the care for for the world. Um, and I uh, uh, I am actually from uh, Bangladesh, one of the developing countries. Uh, and access to care is challenging because we have like over 160 million people, but we don't. Uh, the number of linac that required is, is just simply not there. So meaning the existing um, hospitals are really really busy. Uh, I, I heard some sometime that, uh, that, that there's a, a hospital that treats like 240 to 50 patients a day. It's kind of uh, it's uh, yeah I, I, I don't know if it's like a 24/7 operation or something. It's it seems like completely um, uh, challenging so the only way we can actually uh, able to provide this is by you know having more innovation whether it's um, on a software space whether it's having more efficient cheaper machines um, we, we definitely need that uh, because as you can see the, um, the cancer cases are growing and early diagnosis and treatment is the key uh, and and uh, and you know, so up, uh, we live in Finland, and, uh, and the standard of care is uh, uh, pretty pretty um, good. So early treatment, early diagnosis is actually making a huge huge difference. 
um, and uh, I have some personal experiences that I know uh, uh, went uh, to early stage of the breast cancer and that was diagnosed, treated and um, the, she's still uh, you know alive and happy I mean and healthy um, uh, continuing and and recently we heard this well this uh, one of the spice girls actually passed away from stage four cancer uh, breast cancer and uh, uh, so it can even happen uh, in the most uh, developed country as well uh, uh, but uh, what so it's, it's a in, improvement of the systems and having more technologies so we have to work together uh, to actually solve these issues uh, as a ambition as a can play a small part in terms of uh, you know efficient treatment planning and cloud-based uh, so that's kind of uh, our mission to just help part of this uh, in a future goal i think that's great to hear with developing countries you know as you said there are some countries across the world that have one linear accelerator one clinical oncologist for the entire country and that's that's quite terrifying to think when here, you know, I live in London, there's what five, six centres here with hundreds of radiation oncologists. It's a vast difference in health inequalities, but I suppose for developing countries they often will get a an old linear accelerator with old treatment planning systems and not they can't necessarily afford the updates all the time. Is that something that Envision might be looking into? Just around technical in, technological inequalities? So look, these machines are um, a wonderful machine. It, it's uh, you know it can operate like you know uh, some of the older machines. I heard that uh, do not uh, need that kind of maintenance, and it can just as as long as you can do the daily QA, it's kind of run uh, run like that. So most of the innovation could actually come from the software side, where it's basically you know how efficient uh, the uh, the plans are, how efficiently we can. Um, the quality assurance this plan and how efficiently we can set up the patient and start treating um, or, and then the high perfectionation uh, uh, protocol is another way to address this uh, the, uh, as well so uh, but then the high perfection is more sort of that the machine is capable but uh, do you have a, a planning system and a process um, and technologies available to do that that's kind of the main question so I think the, the software companies has to take, probably take the bulk of the responsibility based on what we are limited by the, the current state of the, the machine development. But uh, I think um, as, as a software vendor, I think uh, we are, um, our mission is to do that and we are 100% dedicated to bring that in. Can I just ask, you mentioned about kind of accessing healthcare in Finland. Is it is it private healthcare? Is that is that maybe the difference sometimes with being able to get diagnosis, you know, screening programs that are accessed much quicker. Do you think it's as a result of having more funds to be able to operate like that? So in Finland, there is this, um, it's um, majority is um, public health uh, care, like, you know, uh, so it's um, taxpayer funded um, uh, healthcare systems. On top of that, there's this occupational uh, health uh, um, uh, private occupational health um, service providers and uh, they can sort of act as a fast screening program basically if you feel something like oh I don't feel something good you can just work your call your work doctor and then um, get it to look into things uh, much faster and then if you still feel that oh I needed to see a specialist you can still uh, go ahead and and get um, get a specialist uh, booked and uh, look into it I think um, the government sort of subsidized uh, part of that 
as well. So some come from the patient's pocket, but uh, also the government also takes care of that. So, uh, so this primary uh, things is kind of quite uh, efficient in that way, and it sort of works. Um, and then the, uh, the the healthcare system itself is quite amazing, um, especially in radiation oncology. I don't know uh, if you know the uh, the uh, the origin of the treatment planning system in the 1980s. Uh, so uh, one of the uh, uh, company was this Dostek, which became uh, uh, I think Eclipse um, uh, was actually uh, in uh, um, born in Helsinki. Um, uh, so I think the whole Nordic country uh, as radiation oncology is very very strong, and it's a, like a very strong. Um, uh, history as well, I think. So that's also another reason why uh, radiation oncology is also quite strong. Uh, but in, in general, I I'm li I live there like over eight years now. My observation is the the healthcare um, uh, as an industry or or, or startups in is very strong in Finland. It's just something they have cultivated over years. Uh, so that's another reason of, uh, that just Finland in general has like you know more. Um, tech-enabled companies um, and the the whole health system is also very health conscious, um, and uh, I think the Nordic people are also very very health conscious in terms of like uh, you know uh, their diet, exercise, uh, the, the the lifestyle is uh, also quite um, uh, supportive of that. So these are combination of things. Uh, I think what why things are different there. Murdal, you talked about startups. Obviously, Envision is a startup. Um, you know, you talked about your passions, and you're clearly very driven to make this work. But how, if anyone else was thinking about startup, what would you, what advice would you give to them? Just go for it. Don't um, don't wait. Don't uh, think back. Uh, uh, so it's it's always uh, rewarding to kind of uh, be able to do this so sometimes I have to pinch myself like uh, uh, that uh, you know I think roughly around 2015 I just had the dream and by 2019 uh, our system uh, started to help the patient so you know things can happen uh, if you just uh, believe in it and you put the effort in and, and sometime I think it's uh, um, it, it when when you do the right thing it's the right thing happens to you you meet the right people um, you meet the right team um, uh, and 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 uh, that, that that common vision and the goal is is also very um, attractive uh, and and uh, in healthcare it's actually easy job for us because we are uh, primarily very motivated to you know healthcare well-being and look after another human being this is very innate to us uh, so I feel very very lucky in that sort of sense that uh, uh, that I I found my passion into healthcare and, and then I'm able to uh, live live my dream. That's great. Um... How many you talk? I think you mentioned how many patients earlier, but from so since twenty fifteen, since the first patient was sort of treated using the segmentation process, how many have you treated, and where across the world? And is it for all treatment sites as well? Uh, Fifty thousand plus, probably we have done. Uh, but the most of the growth came in the last um, eighteen months. Um, uh, uh, something to do with COVID, I guess. <laughs> uh, uh, so it, 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 uh, uh, it so so there was a we, we saw a jump in our uh, need 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 of our systems. So we have um, ten CT models. Those uh, ten CT models cover um, the most of the uh, sites from head to toe, uh, or 
head to pelvic region basically uh, so your brain head and neck uh, breast abdomen um, uh, male and female uh, pelvis uh, so we sort of cover all the uh, major sites and are you a typical CEO Mamoodle are you up at 5am going to bed late are you you know do you have to put the hours in to be able to do a startup unfortunately yes so we just started our US operations so meaning when Europe sleeps um, uh, America is awake um, uh, so uh, yeah sometime uh, it's an unhealthy level of uh, work but I don't feel this is as, as work this is uh, something I'm really passionate about and I'm solving problem in real time so um, the, whatever the team needs um, uh, so um, so yeah when you're that passionate into deep into it it does not feel like work at all Oh, thank you so much, Mamoodle, for coming on. We really appreciate it. So, thank you for listening to Rad Chat. Your hosts today have been Jay McNamara and Naaman Jolka Anderson. A huge thank you again to our guest, Mamoodle Hussan. If you're utilising this podcast for CPD purposes, consider the reflective questions posted, along with links to resources and literature we've discussed. To receive your accredited CPD certificate, please complete the Google form linked with the podcast. So, our next guest to feature will be Heather Nesbitt. Thank you so much for listening and take care.